Welcome back to another episode of Coworking, the podcast that brings you the conversations you're currently missing from your workplace. Hello, everybody. Uh, I have another addendum to make. <laughs> I, I, I feel like this might happen every episode because, mm-hmm. you know, we put the episode out, people listen to it, they give us feedback, and then we have to clarify or add more. Mm-hmm. So uh, last episode... You know, I gave this story about eating cottage cheese with cinnamon sugar on top. Mm -hmm. And Bianca, you managed to find a picture of cottage cheese with cinnamon sugar and you put it on our Instagram, Mm -hmm. except it was on top of an English muffin. Mm -hmm. And when my not the proper vehicle. Well, (laughs) so my wife and I looked at that and our first thought was, well, that doesn't seem weird. Like, Mm -hmm. like just eating the cottage cheese with cinnamon sugar. And I extended that logic a little bit. I I thought about, well, if you just have a different kind of bread and a different kind of cheese, you could have a bagel with cream cheese with cinnamon sugar on it. Nobody's going to scoff at that. Absolutely. That sounds delicious. Yeah. But if you take away the bagel and all you have is cream cheese and cinnamon sugar, suddenly people are like, I feel like I'm not allowed to eat that. (laughs) Like, I know it's going to be good. But there's a food police somewhere that's going to say, you can't do that. Yeah, it feels like just eating dip without the chips. Like, <laughs> like that, I don't think it feels gross. But when I say it out loud, like just eating sour cream and onion dip or something like that without some sort of carbohydrate vehicle, I guess maybe that's weird. Yeah. So... Just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, if if you haven't looked at the pictures on the Instagram, Bianca found some great pictures of our weird foods from last time. Yep. Um, now, and I'd also never heard of cream cheese on an English muffin, but it was just mm-hmm. the addition of the bread somehow mm-hmm. made it less weird. <laughs> I feel like I could say that about a lot of things. Just bread makes things less weird. Like bread is the ultimate. <laughs> it's the ultimate the ultimate snack food helper. Like it gives other foods an assist. Yeah. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. All right. So today's actual topic, it's fall now. We just started fall, mm-hmm. which personally, this is my favorite time of year. I love fall. There's a lot of other people out there that they, they say they love summer and I hate summer. I'm in that camp where uh, I believe that we were conditioned to like summer because we didn't have school during the summer. But then once you grow up and you finish school, all you have in the summer is yard work. Oh, that's my heart just dropped when you said yard work. (laughs) And that's what I love about fall is the yard work is more or less over. Or if you have to do it, it's just, it's nicer out. It's cooler out. Mm -hmm. Um, Mowing. The yard is like the bane of my existence. It is it is my least favorite aspect of home ownership, mm-hmm. just below paying for the house. <laughs> it's 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 always so hot and uh, it's the mower is loud. 
Mm-hmm. Now, when I first bought my house, we didn't have large trees, so we didn't have a lot of twigs. And my mm-hmm. first thought was, ooh, I'm going to get a push reel mower. It's going to be silent. It's going to be environmentally friendly. Uh, and this is going to be great. You just have the ones where the blades spin because you're pushing the mower? Like it's not, it it wasn't powered by anything else? That's what I bought got when it. I first got my house. I used it one time. <laughs> <laughs> and I immediately went and bought a gas-powered mower uh, because that push-reel mower, that is the definition of hard labor. Oof. It was rough. Um, but, yeah, so I absolutely hate mowing. I will I will get out of it any chance that I can. Uh, <laughs> and one of the last times that I mowed, see, the, the only upside to mowing is you get a lot of time to just think to yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when it's it's hot and humid and you get some sweat in your eyes, your eyes start to sting, you know, your mind can go wild. And I came to this revelation that mowing your yard, it's kind of communist. Tell me more. Now, now some people will say things are communist like they say something is stupid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But no, I, I mean that it really is communist because if you think about it, uh, you know, in August, I've given up on watering my yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of it doesn't really grow much. Mm-hmm. There's only a small percentage of it that is like luscious and green because it happens to be in the low spots of the yard or in some shade. Mm-hmm. And that grass is the only reason that I got to be out there mowing my yard. <laughs> and what Just do I do? a small patch of, of grass. Oh, yeah. And, and, you know, and I start to imagine these patches of grass talking to each other and, and, you know, the, the dry crunchy grass in the middle of the yard Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's kind of jealous of the the green luscious grass. And maybe that green grass is like, Hey, if you would work hard and believe in yourself, you could be over here too. (laughs) Uh, You know, it, it starts this real political discourse. Oh my gosh. But then, but then I come through with my blades of tyranny to make sure that every single blade of grass is the same height. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like the dictator, right? Making sure that everybody is the same. But sometimes uh, when people talk about these like myth- mythological uh, politics, they might mention this, this unicorn, the benevolent dictator. You know, the, the person that's in charge, but for one reason or another, they like everybody. And then they're going to try to be nice to everybody. That's not me. I mulch my grass. So the only nice thing I do to that crunchy grass in the middle of the yard is I say, here are some mutilated parts of your rich neighbors. Yep. The guy at Home Depot says this will make you better somehow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had never considered that. Guess what color my mower is? Ruski red. <laughs> it, exactly. It's like you were. It's like you were planning it the whole yeah. time. And you know, you the more you think about it, you kind of get sick of this idea that you are this communist dictator. Uh, you know, what did I ever do, or, or what did that luscious green grass ever do to me that it deserved to be cut down? It just, it doesn't seem very American, you know? And so then I started to think, well, maybe, 
maybe I'm just not going to cut my grass anymore. Yeah. Maybe I'll just let it grow. Fight the power. And I am sure that the homeowners association <laughs> at some point, they're going to come by and they're going to say, Hey, your lawn's looking really bad. You need to, you need to cut that grass. Mm-hmm. And I, and I would stand there. I'd look them in the eye and say, this is America. You can get the hell off my freedom lawn. <laughs> I, you know what? I have heard a lot of arguments for getting out of yard work. Um, America is the first. <laughs> that's that's the first time I've I've heard America used as a defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good one. I feel like your logic is airtight. <laughs> a lot of people don't realize that lawn care could get so political. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just another reason that I don't like to do it. You know, I learned about the haves and the have-nots uh, <laughs> when I was in global history in, I don't know, eighth grade. I never thought that understanding world history would help me understand about the perils of lawn care. I feel, <laughs> I feel like I, I understand. I am not a lawn mower myself. That is something my husband does and he actually really enjoys it. So we have, um, I don't know if we have a, a democratic Republic lawn or what's <laughs> happening. Um, but he, that's, that's something that he really enjoys. But um, yeah, I, I feel, I feel very grateful to my eighth grade world history teacher um, so that I could really understand more about um, more about lawn care. Now I, I do need to add in some more here mm-hmm. to preempt the next addendum. <laughs> <laughs> just, just cut out the, cut uh, out the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yep. so at, at some point in the future, obviously not right now, my wife will be listening to this screaming to herself he doesn't even mow the yard now <laughs> are your, and it's true are your kids old enough to help you with yard work is that is that what happened no not quite my son he was supposed to start helping this year he's 11 now mm-hmm. that's that's like the right age for that sort of thing uh but he just he never actually did it we tried to get him to do it but no i think it was about three years ago our kids were old enough uh, that if, you know, they're both home, um, my wife felt comfortable to just like leave them in the house and and she could go out and mow if I was at work. Mm-hmm. So she just started doing it so that I didn't have to come home and do it. And, yes. oh, it was so glorious. It was, it was one of those things. It felt like, what's the story? Is it is it Tom Sawyer where he's like whitewashing the fence and then he tricks oh, some yeah. other kids into thinking it's really cool? Yeah, I, you know, I kind of convinced my wife that it's a great workout. You'll love it. And she uh, and, and she's the lawnmower of the family for now. She she is for now, yeah. But next year, the son he he's got to get on it. I mean, any twelve year old that hasn't mowed the yard. Yeah, yeah, I have, don't know. Like, what do you even talk about at school then if you haven't mowed your yard? Now, the, the very first summer where I didn't have to mow, I was still trimming with the trimmer because mm-hmm. um, I had to, it's kind of a heavy trimmer. I had to get the uh, extension cord and everything out and, and kind of drag that all around the yard. 
And I asked my wife, what do you need to take on that responsibility too? <laughs> and she said, well, if you got me like a battery powered one, done, ordered that day. Perfect. So now after three years, she's kind of over the mowing, but I did it for like 10 years. So. Oh, you, yeah, you have a lot of, you have a lot of, mm, you had a long reign as the, as the lawn dictator. Yeah. <laughs> but right now it's fall. Any, any yard work that I have to do, which there really isn't any at this point, mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of nice just because it's nice out. I'm probably not going to get too sweaty. Um, have you, did you have to do much yard work this summer? I attempted to start some and I abandoned <laughs> some of those projects in the middle. Um, the people who lived in our house before us were very much into landscaping. And when we bought okay. the house, we were like, this is so great. It's going to stay <laughs> like this forever. Just being the young, naive homeowners. Oh, yeah. Were, yeah. I purchased six cubic yards of mulch this year and i still didn't have enough so uh i will be ordering 10 next year <laughs> but it's just it's so it's so much it's so much labor just yeah for to make like one very specific part of your yard look nice and yep. then the leaves fall and it gets into your mulch and then it messes up your mulch anyway. And you're thinking, well, what, <laughs> what did I even do this for? Yeah, a whole lot of shenanigans. My my husband mows the, the yard, does all of the edging and trimming and all of that good stuff. So he does that every weekend. I go out in the yard and I weed because we've got mm -hmm. like little flower beds around the, we have huge maple trees. Um so talk about twigs earlier. We've got a lot yeah. of twigs that fall, a lot of leaves. Um, I think we go through 20 lawn bags uh, during the fall, raking up leaves if we don't just, oh, wow. just mow them over. I think yeah. in later fall, we're just like, screw it. We're just going to, we're just going to mow over them. Every new spring, I think to myself, this is going to be great. I'm going <laughs> to do so much. And then I burn out very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same here. Uh, we think, you know, maybe this is the year that we make all these changes to the yard. Mm -hmm. No. I, so my personal strategy for my yard mm -hmm. is I just don't want to be the obvious worst lawn on the block. Mm -hmm. And fortunately for me, my neighbors keep the bar pretty low. <laughs> so it's. It's not hard to only be the second worst lawn on the block. <laughs> nice. Is their lawn torched or is it overgrown? What's their, where's, where's the bar in your neighborhood? Uh, we, we've got a few houses that don't bother trying to prevent dandelions. Sure. Um, or other weeds. Um, a few that, uh, are, they just don't like to water their yard. Very conservationalist. Mm -hmm. But now with it being fall, any projects that we do have around the house are inside. And so I want to know, Bianca, how much, how much DIY house project stuff do you do indoors? I love a good indoor project, um, <laughs> mostly because uh, you can see me, our listeners can't see me, but 
I am a very pale individual. I'm very fair-skinned. I don't do too well in the sun. So I'm a I'm an inside person. <laughs> uh, so we bought our house two and a half years ago. And there was a lot of stuff that we loved about this house. The one thing that I didn't super love about it is that all of the trim is oak colored. Like that very 90s mm-hmm. oak colored trim. It's not only oak, it is different shades of oak. So Ooh. there were different trims from different eras of renovation. So the people <laughs> who lived here before us lived here for like 30 years. Like okay. you could you could see in the listing they had baby stuff because their grandkids lived here. It wasn't their kids. Like they raised their kids in this home and then they invited their grandkids over in this home too. <laughs> Multi-generational. Um, but they went through, they must have gone through different renovations at some point, but they didn't keep a close eye on what trim color happened in different rooms. And so some of the, the oak color was kind of orangey. Mm-hmm. Other oak was very much like an unfinished wood. Like you could definitely feel there was no gloss on top of it. Okay. So I thought to myself, well, because of the pandemic, I'm going to be inside a lot because I'm not just going to sit outside. Uh, I'm not going to go visit my friends quite as often. I am going to take the initiative to go and make my home the way that I want it to be, especially if we're going to be here in our home for, for oh, a yeah. long time. So I bought a bucket of white trim paint. Just one bucket? I bought just one bucket. And I am at the bottom of that bucket now. I bought it in July and it is now, yeah, like mid to late September. I went around my house and I measured. So I'm not done with all of my painting yet. I I tried to (laughs) chunk up all of my painting over time so that it's something that felt achievable, something that was, I was able to do in an hour or two or three or four, depending on what I had going on that weekend. That's code for how long I just wanted to sit in my pajamas instead (laughs) of actually do regular adult things like eat lunch or go to the grocery store. So I, uh, every weekend I would put on my paint shirt, which I have used for every paint project that I've had in this house. I've got it here. I'm going to, I'm going to show it on the Instagram too. It is covered in multiple shades of paint because it's from when we painted walls and it it's just it's got all of the areas where i just wiped my hands on my shirt <laughs> um this is a it's a shirt that i got from goodwill a couple years ago when i went paintballing with some folks okay uh, that is a story for a different time spoiler i will not go paintballing again <laughs> um, but I was like, well, what else is this shirt good for? I'm not just going to like give it back to Goodwill painting projects. So I wear this, uh, paint shirt every single time and I will tape off the area that I want to accomplish that day. I'll sand stuff down. I'll either use, um, like a, a brick sand thing mm-hmm. or I'll use a uh, deglosser depending on what, like the amount of surface oh, okay. area. 
I need to cover and I'll just go for it. I've got paint brushes. I've got, yeah, I've got my painter's tape. I've got like a whole bucket of paint stuff that I keep kind of in the, the area closest to the area that I'm working on. Right now it's in the office. So my husband gets to look at it every day when he's <laughs> in meetings. Um, but I went throughout my house. Side note, I own at least three tape measures and I only know where one is at any time <laughs> in my life. I know that I own three. I have seen all three of them at different points in my existence. I can only find one, whatever I need one. That is frustrating. But I went around my house and I wrote down the measurements <laughs> of everything that I had done so far. So, so okay. far I've done our living room, our dining room. Um, some of our kitchen, I've done the hallway, which has the most doors and therefore the most, oh yeah, most trim. I've done part of this office. I've done most of our bedroom. Um, it's, it's just like parts and pieces. And then I finally finished something. So the living room is done. The dining room is done. Now I'm moving into like the little, uh, living spaces back here. So I calculated that I have painted with one can of that trim paint 5,584 inches of trim. Wow. Which is 465.3 feet, <laughs> which is 0. 0.088 miles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it is also 1.55 football fields. Ooh, that, that is a good visualization right there. Mm -hmm. Now, is this, did you just do one coat or did you do multiple coats? I did three coats. Wow. So is that, is that factored into your length? It's not factored into the length, but if I do some quick math here, um, so I've got my inches here and then let's say my trim is like on average three inches high. Mm -hmm. That would be 16,752 square inches. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of space. But one can of paint. I was so surprised when I calculated it. I couldn't believe, because I painted <laughs> walls before. And yeah. usually I get, uh, on the walls I have done two coats, because I usually do like the paint and primer in one, so you can get, like you really glob it on there and get yep. all of that, that color deposited onto there. And I've, I've done two coats and usually I think they tell you that it's 400 square feet that, um, you can do in one bucket of paint. And that's usually checked out. But when I, I looked at the amount of trim that I've painted and I did three coats, I was kind of astounded. That is impressive. Yeah. How much do you have left? Of the, how much trim do you have left to do? Yeah, I've got a small corner that's behind a nightstand that I just did not have the energy to get to. <laughs> I was so close and I was like, nope, I'm going to save it. I've got um, the majority of this office here. Um, windows are pretty tricky, but I've done, I did the windows um, in my living room and that looks really nice, but there's a lot of edges and a lot of things to be <laughs> careful with. Um yeah, I've got the windows in this office. Yeah, I've got 
I think I'm more than halfway on this floor for sure. So the I can see the light at the end of the tunnel and it is great. <laughs> I'm curious if you're like me, where when I start a project, my standards are very high. Mm-hmm. I want to be a perfectionist. And then somewhere around two thirds of the way through the project, I'm tired <laughs> of this project. I would like to be done with it. And my standards start dropping mm-hmm. quite a bit. If I told you that I sanded at the same quality now as when I started, I would be lying. Yeah, I just want to get that paint onto that trim. I'm still taping and I'm still making sure that the tape is properly applied. I'm also uh, caulking around the, the area I'm painting too. I've used four different tubes of uh, paintable caulking. That's been a whole experience for me. I have never <laughs> been more proud of a DIY skill than learning how to use caulking. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It just hides all of the imperfections in your paint job. It's it's like Photoshop for your doors. And oh, as nice. a designer, I truly appreciate Photoshop in real life. So thank you, paintable caulking. That's great. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what's next, though. Like, I've got, uh, there's one bedroom that's just kind of filled with stuff. Like, it's all of okay. the stuff that we don't truly know what to do with. It's where all of our tools are. Uh, we've got furniture that we haven't gotten rid of yet that we want that we need to get rid of. So there's a, a dresser that I bought in Toronto when I lived in Buffalo, And it moved with me from Buffalo to my first apartment in Omaha to the house that my husband and I moved in when we started renting a house together to this house that we now own together. So that that dresser has been to two countries, but I think it's time to get rid of my old big blue dresser. Yeah, the longer you live in that house, the more uh, more projects you're going to dream up. Mm -hmm. And I think every single one of them will seem easier. Until you get started. (laughs) Yeah. Some of them you will immediately regret starting. Uh, But the bad thing about indoor home projects is uh, you're living in that space. So you you really have to finish it. Mm -hmm. Or at least get it to some stage where it's acceptable. Yep. Like if if you're painting the trim, uh, that trim behind the nightstand, yeah, it can... (laughs) Maybe it can wait until the next time you're going to paint the trim. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, there. it is just, it seems so silly that I didn't do it because it is such a small amount of trim. I did, I did three different doorways. So there's a door to our closet, a door that leads to the hallway, and a door to our ensuite bathroom. And I did all of those. And the door frames are arguably the most intense to do because just Mm -hmm. because there's so much of it to do and you have to like remove the the hinges if you want to try to be tidy about it i'm just painting over them because (laughs) i'm gonna get (laughs) i'm gonna get rid of the hinges eventually and just replace them with new ones um but you have to take the um the strike something or other for where the door clicks into. I'm, I, you can tell I'm yeah. actually very knowledgeable. The strike plate. Strike plate. Thank you. I'm very knowledgeable with my DIY <laughs> uh, terminology. 
but yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's actual screwdrivers or drills involved in painting door frames. So I have, I was putting in the effort for that, but not the little space behind my nightstand. I moved my husband's nightstand, but not mine. I was just like, I can't, I can't do anymore today. I just have to stop. So this weekend, I'm going to tackle that corner. If it makes you feel any better, about 11 years ago, I drilled or I cut a large hole in my drywall in the basement. And behind this drywall is the uh, utility room where our washer and dryer are. Uh, That piece of drywall is still on the floor behind that hole. (laughs) (laughs) Things can just stay the way they are for a long time. Yep. Now, I... So a couple of the more interesting house projects that I've done here, because we've been in this house for 13 years now, they were uh, tiling jobs. Ooh. And tiling was one where, you know, I would watch YouTube videos, look, read guides and stuff, and it seemed pretty doable. But the uh, the really stressful thing about tiling is you cannot easily fix your mistakes. Mm. Once you... Once you put a tile on a wall mm-hmm. and everything dries, it's on there really good. Mm. You, you can't just like nudge it around to get it in the right spot. So I did a backsplash. And then a few years later, I did um, a porcelain tile that looks like wooden planks on the floor <gasps> for our kitchen. Oh, I love that. It is very cool. Uh, but it was it was really hard and stressful work. And... The thing that I found about doing your own tiling, it made me very cynical <laughs> as a as a person, as a DIYer. How I, so? I think a lot of I think a lot of DIY projects do this, but tiling especially. So, you know, as I'm getting ready to do a tiling job, I started paying a lot more attention to anywhere that I saw tile. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you did this with trim. You start paying mm-hmm. more attention to other people's trim and, and yep. things like that. So like you know, I'll be in the bathroom at like, like a public bathroom and looking at the tile and I'm just like, wow, this, this tile is really good. You know, this must've been a real professional that, that did this. Um, but then I do my own tiling job and I, because I'm so close to the action, mm-hmm. I notice, and I know about all the imperfections mm-hmm. uh, and that's all I can focus on. Uh, you know, like the, uh, the wood planks that we did on our floor. Mm-hmm. They are, the wood pattern is just printed on. And so when we bought all the tiles, there were a few duplicates. And so we had to make sure that we did not put duplicates next to each other. Otherwise it's going to be really obvious. Right. Well, somehow, some way we still managed to get two duplicates within just a couple tiles of each other. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever noticed it. But I pointed out to him. I say, <laughs> they, it drives you that wild. Oh yeah, they, they'll you know people come in and they look at the tile job and they're like, "Wow, this looks fantastic! Great job, Greg." And I'm like, "Well, you say that now, but let me show you a few things." <laughs> You're calling yourself out. <laughs> I, you know, I show them those two tiles. Look at look at this tile and look at that tile. Just like just a couple feet away, they're the same tile. I, I could have flipped one of those around. You would never know, but now you know, and you can't unsee it. And then, uh, you know, the the backsplash that I did on the wall, 
Mm-hmm. I'll say, come come over here, look at this. You know, if you if you squat down and you look along the wall just right, you can see that my grout line is not straight. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just awful. <laughs> and and you know, if you come back on the specific day where the angle of the sun is just right, <laughs> you can see due to this shadow, this tile right here is cockeyed like one and a half degrees. I mean, mm. you can't you can't unsee that stuff. And then, so I go through all that and, and I have to live with all the mistakes of my tiling job. <laughs> then I go back to that public bathroom where I saw that tile job that I thought was magnificent. Mm-hmm. And I start to look at it and I'm like, oh my God, they actually paid somebody to do this? <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> garbage. Look at this tile. It's garbage. Exactly. Oh. Now I know what to look for. I, I know where to find the mistakes. So I know uh, you don't like yard work. It sounds like <laughs> you don't enjoy tiling. Is there any DIY project that you've done in your house that you have really loved how it's turned out? So I did. I I made a built-in shelf in my basement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It's... It doesn't go down to the floor. It's kind of like up on the ceiling along a wall. Um, and I can I can put a picture of this up on the Instagram because I've it. gotten a lot of compliments about it. And this one, there's also a few spots where I know that there's a mistake, but the rest of it turned out so much better than I thought it would yes. <laughs> that I'm able to look past those. <laughs> you see, I still like throughout the duration of that project and a lot of my projects, I keep having this thought to myself, like, oh, this isn't going to turn out. I'm going to hate this so much, but I I can't turn back. I can't just, I can't just rip this thing off the wall. Mm -hmm. Patching the drywall is going to be worse than finishing this thing. Um, Speaking of drywall, saving drywall, you gave me the incredible tip of using the Velcro photo hanging strips. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I have never looked back. I, I've used them for a ton of things now. So you can see, uh, I've used them for these, uh, photos Mm -hmm. that are up here. You listening, um, in podcast land can't see it, but I can share a pic of my, um, office wall. Um, Greg, I know your, uh, your background is also filled with the, the Velcro photo strips as well. Yeah, so, yeah, I am a huge fan of the the Velcro, the three M Velcro tabs. Uh, we we buy them at Costco, and I want to say I probably got like thirty to forty dollars worth of Velcro tabs on my wall, on various walls. They're worth it. They're so worth oh, yeah. it. So um, the people who lived here before us were very DIYers, and I know this because they tried to DIY a lot of electrical stuff which we have had to call a professional electrician to come and fix. (laughs) But one of the things that they did was, which was actually very crafty, but just poorly executed was they had a place where you could plug in a switch. So how do I want to describe this? You can plug it into the wall, but what is at the other end is basically an extension cord looking thing with a, an on off switch so that you can plug things in and then control whether they're on or off with that switch. Okay, yeah. 
And what they did was they took these, it, they looked like wired puck lights and they threaded it through the cabinets and you could turn all of those puck lights on or off with that little switch. Couple of issues. One, they get very hot. They're Ooh. they're not LEDs, and so they get very hot. Um, the second problem is they drilled them straight into the cabinets and then didn't take into account how long the screws were. So you would <laughs> scratch your hand trying to get a glass from there. So I just put like very <laughs> thick padded yeah. um, uh, shelf liners down. And that worked for a while. And then finally I was like, I've had enough. And so I just bought ones that have sticky backs that are LEDs that are just battery powered. And then that way I don't have to worry about it catching my cabinets on fire. And so we just removed all of those. I put the sticky stuff underneath the cabinets. The sticky stuff didn't work so well. So at like 2.30 in the morning, like the puck lights just fell off of (laughs) the bottom of my cabinet. But 3M Velcro tabs to the rescue. I just did that instantly stuck up there. And then um, they came with a little remote so you can change the color or you can put them on a timer. And so I Velcro tabbed that to the inside of the cabinet so we would always know where the remote is. (laughs) Because if there's one thing that happens in my family, it's, hey, do you know where the remote is? Every time. Nice. Yeah, I would say the the projects inside the house that I struggle enjoying mm-hmm. the process is anything that is meant to look nice. I've done other things in our utility room and in our garage where they don't have to look nice. They just have to be very functional. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy those very much. Like, <laughs> you just give me some two by fours. Well, I can make a shelf. It'll be very strong. Hold many things. Perfect. We we got lots of shelving. <laughs> <laughs> and lots of Rubbermaid tubs to put things in. Oh, I love it. Now, your your story of the, uh, the light falling off at 2.30 a.m., mm-hmm. it reminded me of something. When I was in high school, this is a little bit of a tangent, but we got time, so that's okay. <laughs> when I was in high school, a friend of mine, he was a couple years older than me, this was back when you could request a free sample of America Online, and oh. they would mail you a CD I with the that. installation software. Yep. Well, he knew how to program. I didn't know how to program back then. He knew how to program, and he created a script to order. It was over a 1,000 of these America Online <gasps> sample discs. And he said that uh, his mail carrier hated him <laughs> for those few days because they came individually wrapped in this very slick plastic. And so you couldn't even stack them properly. Oh, no. They're just slip sliding around. Uh, so he had like a thousand of these discs and he gave me a few hundred. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do with these? I'm going to decorate my room. I'm just going to like tape them up on the wall so that the shiny side of the disc was out. And yeah. I think it's going to look really cool. That night, for the entire night, <laughs> they were falling off the wall <laughs> one by one. And I got no sleep. And it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> At any point, were you just like, I'm going to cut my losses and I'm just going to take the rest of them down? Or did you hope that 
the ones that were still up were going to stay up. I, I think I just hoped that I would be able to fall into a deep enough sleep <laughs> that that they would stop waking me up. Yep. Oh, it was awful. Oh, no. Uh, but yes, the next day I definitely took them down. And then I don't know what I did with them. I just had a pile of CDs, I guess. Oh, my gosh. And I don't know what he did with the other like 800 or so that he had. Yeah. I want to know how much time on AOL that would have gotten you if he had like a thousand discs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you could combine them into one account or if you got to make a separate account for each one. Mm. I also, I asked him what he did for the names. His name was Mike. And he's like, oh, I just did like Mike one, Mike two, Mike three. Oh, they never caught gosh. on. <laughs> oh, simpler times. Yeah. Back in the days when, you know, if you were running a website, you didn't anticipate somebody trying to abuse your system. Right. <laughs> And now that's all we think of is how can someone really mess with this? <laughs> mm, all right. We're running up to the last few minutes. Uh, any other house DIY stuff on your mind? So I try what, when I said earlier, if you want to remove the hinges, um, I did that for a couple of doors. Um, and I, then I realized how difficult balancing doors are and so I, that's a project i'm actually just gonna hire someone to do because otherwise doors are expensive like oh yeah holy cow so if you screw up a door you have to buy a new door or i guess you can <laughs> i guess you can patch it in some way using wood filler depending on how badly you've ruined the door but that is too high a stakes for me i i'm just gonna I'm going to have somebody install new hinges, new doors for the the areas that need new doors. Um, there's my husband's going to hate me for telling the story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. We have um, our <laughs> I, bathroom I door. I expect an addendum next, <laughs> next episode. We have um, on in our bathroom, we have a hollow core door. So not a, not a solid one. Yep. First of all, a hollow core door is terrible to use on a bathroom. Uh, because you can hear what happens <laughs> in the bathroom, but that's not what the story is. Um, what the story is is that my husband was taking a shower and slipped a little bit off of the bath mat, and his elbow went into the door. Oh, and no. There's a big gash in the door <laughs> that's covered by the towels, so we don't really see it, but... Yeah, that's a door that that just needs to get fully replaced. Mm. So we're going to have someone do that because I spent an embarrassing amount of money on this door relative <laughs> to what I thought doors costed. Yeah, um, I, I was very naive about the price of doors. So all doors are expensive and I'm embarrassed about paying for any of them. But that's <laughs> that's what's happening next on on my list. How about you? Do you have any any fun DIYs coming up? I don't think so. Uh, I told my wife after the tiling the kitchen floor that I was done with the big home projects for at least three to four years. <laughs> Although that might have been three years ago now. It's time. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't have anything lined up. Um, this shelf was just uh, this built-in shelf that I mentioned earlier. This was just last November, mm -hmm. so I'm still in relaxing mode, basking the glory of something that I finished. <laughs> I like it. Well, to our listeners, if you've been inspired by all of this DIY talk, uh, 
we want to see your home projects. So tag us on Instagram, post your home DIY projects. We want to see them. Our Instagram is coworking underscore podcast. We're going to post a link to a couple of things. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to show my painting shirt that I showed you, Greg. Um, I'm going to post my photos that I have up on the wall here. Greg, I'd love to see. I know yours is epic. The one that's behind you. <laughs> um, so we'll show you a little bit inside of where we're recording our podcast from. Um, but yeah, we want to hear from you. And that's it for this week. We'll see you again in two weeks. We'll see ya. Awesome. See ya. <laughs>